This episode brought to you by the guys whose hands up my ass making me talk. It's Frank. Frank. Hey, everybody. We're watching the Muppet movie, and you are listening to Miscast Commentary. You're listening to Miscast Commentary. Where two guys have seen way too many movies and have way too much time on their hands. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm all out of bubblegum. Now here's your hosts, Joe Finley and Todd Murray. Hey everybody, welcome to Miscast Commentary. I'm Joe Finley. I'm Todd Tebow, the Sailor Murray. And we got a good one for you today. Uh, Follow up to last week's episode uh, with Connor Ratliff and Patrick Kotner. Excellent interview. From the George Lucas talk show. I want to thank them and I want to thank the guys from Planet Scum Radio, all the guys and gals and everything in between. Come on Uh, For uh, allowing. That open from our new sponsor, Bud Light Lime. It's a Pepsi. Ooh, yeah, no, yes. It's I wish Pepsi. Pepsi's. I think who's got more money, Bud Light or Pepsi? It's got to be Pepsi. I'm gonna go with Bud on this one. All right, we're looking up somebody calling. Anyhow, uh, anyways, so I want to thank the people at uh, Planet Scum Radio who allowed us to host a listen party for uh, last week's episode. It was awesome. If you go on to our website, miscastcommentary.com, right now, you can see the complete uncut interview in either audio or video format. Uh, you can go to our blog and see that, but just miscast commentary. Eyeballs or ear holes. Planet Scum sounds like Rob Zombie should do their theme song. Oh, they got plenty. Planet Scum! Planet Scum! Yeah! <laughs> Planet Scum! It sounds like a movie that he would direct. Welcome to Planet Scum. That, except that guy's dead now, so he no, didn't know what like, he's going to um, do. No, that's Sid Hag. Yeah. He'll get Bill Mosley. Welcome to Planet Scum! <laughs> Planet Scum! And then, you know, obviously the song comes on. And then the whole thing. Awesome. Now, I'm excited about this one. Before we actually press play, though, I'm going to play one of our first of many interview clips uh, from this episode. And the reason being is, A, I need to move to a second sound bank after this one is done. But B, it actually leads very well into uh, what we talk about and stuff. And, why, and a big reason why uh, Patrick wanted to talk Muppets and all this sort of thing. And so let's hear what Patrick had to say about it. According to your IMDb, you were an intern on Sesame Street. That is true. That is very true. So what is that experience like being on that set? Uh, I mean, it's wild. I I can try to run through my history with that show very quick because there's a long story that gets to it. When I was a kid, uh, Carol Spinney had put out his autobiography, his memoir, and we went to go see him give a talk at UConn. I was like 12 or so, something like that. And he was giving a Q&A and I, uh, being the cute old kid that I was, was like, hey, do you ever give tours of the set? And he was like, no, uh, not usually, but you got to know somebody. And he like did one of those like little winks, you know? So I was like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. Fine. So we like go get our book signed and get a picture with him. And months later, I send my photo off to him to get signed. He sends it back. And a few weeks after that, I get a postcard saying, hey, if you ever want to come to the set, give me a call. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, I went to the set three times when I was a kid. I like actively wanted to work on that show. It was like the dream job. I used to want to be a puppeteer and then that sort of fell by the wayside because, you know, not everybody can 
do that. But it worked out where I met the right people and knew the right people. And it just got me into interning there for, uh, I want to say it was a year and a half, I think, somewhere around there, maybe a year. But yeah, it was, it's a lot of fun. I was there for the last three days that Frank Oz has performed on Sesame Street to date. I was there for Jerry Nelson's last time playing the count. I was there right before Kevin Clash left. I was there right before Fran Brill left. Like it was, it was this weird time in like 2012, 20, you know, late 2012, 2013, where a lot of the OG people were leaving um, and not working on the show as much anymore or at all anymore. Patrick, do you think it was because of you? I, you know, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm not going to deny that I went up to some of them and was like, maybe it's time. <laughs> so right off the bat, you can tell that uh, Patrick has a very deep connection with the Muppets and Jim Henson and all that in general. But on top of that, Connor, I mean, like literally we talked the amount that you're going to hear of them in this is such a small fraction of how much we talked Muppets. So definitely go and check out uh, the interview online. That's funny. I was going to say the exact so, same thing. When he's like, yeah. he, will, he goes up to some talks and then they quit the next day. Pretty what much. What is this guy doing? He had, he had a weird. Oh my God. He had a strange gypsy curse put <laughs> on him like, by Hannah Barbera. They're like, wow, if they find out that I was alone with this kid, like my career's over. So I just got to leave now peacefully. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh, this is the longest we've ever gone without actually starting a movie, so there's only one way to rectify that, and that is to press play. It's actually taken. Play. There we go. Oh, fuck. So, yeah, sorry, we're, we're actually casting it from for the oh, first time fuck. ever. Chromecast. Uh, Chromecast. We are is using a Chromecast. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. We're using <laughs> a Chromecast. See me? I'm some techno guy. Yes. Uh, and Kermit's there we go. directing. Kermit is directing. That was a that is a big part of what he did back then. Except this oh movie was directed by James Frawley, who was primarily a, a director of TV. He directed The Monkees. He directed Magnum P.I., Cagney and Lacey, Columbo. Did a lot of other stuff. He only died last year, but he was also an actor. He was a part of the actor studio trained by Lee Strasberg. Wow. Yeah, he had, he had like a whole thing going on. You think Lee Strasberg was into puppets? Uh, probably not. I don't know. I've, I teach puppets how to emote. I think there's a real problem. There's probably a lot of snobbery around different I think I saw types. S- I would think so too. Muppets. Mm-hmm. Ray Liotta's like, you better fuck right off. And Statler and Waldorf too. Oh, I have not seen this movie in years. I do yeah. not remember what happens. Like yeah. I said before we started this, whenever we're here to heckle the movie, <laughs> the <laughs> I only remember really like... Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. That's always what I think of when, when I somebody well, says a Muppets movie. And I discussed this with them, too. I had, uh, this was not the first of the movies that entered my consciousness. Uh, the first one was Muppets Take Manhattan, then the Muppet Caper, Great Muppet Caper. Right. This one came along late. Like, it, it was, and it probably felt a little weirder because of that. But I love, I that just. That guy looks like one of Where the Wild Things Roam. What are the wild things are? Absolutely, yeah. he does. Um, the movie was written by Jerry Jewell and Jack Burns, who uh, did... Uh, Jerry Jewell was a writer on The Muppet Show, Fraggle Rock. He wrote every Muppet movie from this one to... Um, to Muppet Treasure Island, except Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, no way. So, but he wrote this Muppet, Great Muppet Caper. He wrote, uh, uh, all the, oh, I love that him. That fucking guy's so fucked up. Lou, Lou <laughs> Zealand. He's a creeper. They're all, they're <laughs> awesome. You get a boomerang fish. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Jack Burns, who was the other one, he actually was an actor who was in like Andy Griffith show, uh, Love American Style. He was on Fridays. He wrote on Hee Haw. 
And he was actually, he's uh, listed as a co-creator for The Muppets. And he also wrote this movie. Uh, also a writer on this movie who did stuff kind of after the fact was David O'Dell, who was a writer for um, The Dark Crystal. Oh, no way. And the reason he, he ended up being brought on because I guess a lot of the cameos they had booked had backed out. Right. So they, he, they brought him on to quickly do some rewrites to cover up. Some uh, of the cameos that didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who didn't show up, do you know? I don't know who oh. it was who didn't show up. Michael uh, Jackson. Now I will ask Oh, we're gonna start we're gonna start this movie. I was gonna play I was gonna play a uh, another clip, but I want us to catch the beginning of this because it's one of the it's probably one of the most quintessential Muppet moments. I like how this. they have there's just them. It's just them in the theater <laughs> here watching their own movie. I still like I instantly get nostalgic just looking around, like you see Beaker, you see oh, Suit in the back, no. you see. Where's Bunsen? Oh, there's Scooter. Mm-hmm. The Bunsen's oh, Ralph's work. way back there. Oh, my God, there's little tadpole boy. His son. Robin. Robin. For thro- oh, no, that's his nephew. Yes. Because we cannot, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's married to a pig, so his... I don't know if he's married yet. Weird. No. Well, I he, the, the, yeah. the, he's with a pig. You get it. Yeah. Um, and so, how dare you call her that, you piece of shit. I, t- I apologize right off the bat. Uh, so, Sir Lou Grade who is a producer all the way through um, with the Muppet Show and all that stuff. He was a... uh, He's a big deal and influential in this. Actually, Jim Henson wanted to direct this movie, uh, but they felt... uh, He felt and Frank Oz felt, they're like, you're going to be spending so much time concerned with... Oh, no. We're buffering. Shit. We are buffering. Way to go, Chromecast. Are we paying for Chromecast? If this, uh, is well, it bad to make fun of Chromecast? No, we're not paying for Chromecast. Okay, so hopefully you're okay, just back. also pause for a brief moment. Yeah, we're, we're way okay. behind. <laughs> we're still looking at the rainbow. Well, they'd be ahead of us now. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so they talked him basically out of performing uh, or performing the duties of director as well as everything else. Oh, yeah, just probably because. just would be way too much work. You listen to Frank Oz. He seems like a smart mm-hmm. guy. Frank Oz, actually, <laughs> as I was going through my uh, research, he like... It seems like he was the dude to rein Jim Henson in. Now, not in a way that, like, you know, stifled creativity, but in a way that was like, no, you're going to kill yourself if we do this. So this is one of the most beautiful songs, like, written ever. And, it start, and it's a beautiful song. John Lennon said this, this was his favorite song of all time. He actually wrote this song. None of that is true. <laughs> <laughs> that was the rainbow road that Thor hangs out on. Oh my god! Trying to pretend to what's her name, New Thor. Well, it's all Disney. It's all Disney, so it could be true. That it's a a shared universe. Look at this old swamp. This is Dagobah. Um, (laughs) Yoda's just off to the side. He probably is. You could be. Swamp is. Hey, Frank Oz again. So we could have made this happen. Exactly. What the shit? Yeah. This really is a very nice song, though. Uh, This is an actually really interesting uh, shoot that they had. It took them five days to just shoot this chunk uh, with him singing and all that. It's no tricks. Like, this is... um, They use three different Kermits to shoot this. There's portions where uh, Kermit is just a mechanical frog. Right. Uh, and not being puppeteered, but all the time that he's being puppeteered, Jim Henson is under the water in a giant barrel so he can breathe. No shit. So, and he would just spend hours. They're going to say one was like, you know, the, the puppet Mm. one's an actual guy just in a suit for long shots. Yeah. It was Jim Carrey. uh, Yeah. 
Uh, but Jim Hansen, who passed away 30 years ago this year, uh, was the voice of Kermit and uh, Rolf and Dr. Teeth, Waldorf, and the Swedish chef, amongst other things. That's why, I guess, like, uh, his son didn't want to do the voice or for so long, right? I guess, like, in the new show, you don't really see a lot of Kermit. No, and it's a, it's a different guy doing Kermit now. It's not his son, but it's... Um, but yeah, it's well, it's it's hard because filling those shoes is tough enough. But it's very much like, and we discussed. I discussed this with the other guys too, uh, which won't be part of this. It'll be part of the online bit. Uh, hearing somebody else take over the voice of somebody so iconic is tough. Like, remember when like Mel Blanc stopped doing Bugs Bunny and the specials? Yeah, came out? it was weird, and and it wasn't even. But the like, character must live on. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's an interesting point, too, because what we were talking about, we were talking about how things like this are so iconic that maybe they could withstand some th- some of these people kind of being rotated out. Right. Like, sure, some guys you might take over. Like, maybe Rolf doesn't go away, but maybe somebody like Kermit maybe has to go away. That's bullshit. This right? isn't British TV. I, know, well, I want fucking Kermit all the time. Technically, it was British TV, though, as it was made in London. Oh, but the uh, <laughs> He was British, too, wasn't he? Who, was who? Jim Henson? No, Jim Henson wasn't British. Uh, but the, he uh, played a British Muppet, I'll bet you. He, was a, he played a British Muppet, no doubt. Uh, but then we were talking about The Simpsons being the same way. I was like, if one of those people left the show, which meant like 10, 15 characters would all be gone, like, what, how do you deal with that? I'm like, the only acceptable thing is to have a funeral for all of those characters on oh the first my episode. God, it'd be the saddest. Oh my God, is this Dom DeLuise? This is none other than <laughs> Dom DeLuise. Uh, Steve Martin played the banjo for this part. He very well could have. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they get the guest stars. Mm-hmm. You know what it seems like mm-hmm. back in the day? Yeah. Okay, does the new show have guest stars? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good. Because it just, it really seemed like... <clears throat> I don't know. They were missing the, they, they got really big celebrities Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Well, and it was Muppets Tonight also did, but it was, there was something special about then. And the reason was, uh, and we'll, we'll hear about, a bit more about this, but this was such a big deal, this show um, at the time and stuff like that, that everybody was willing to come out. Actually, let us hear what uh, the guys had to say about the cameos in this system. Or in this like show and movie. What's really interesting about the cameos, I find them to be a real timestamp of pop culture. Yeah. Like I'm watching the Muppet movie again. I hadn't seen it in over a decade, so I decided yeah. to sit back and watch it the other day. And you see Milton Berle, Bob Hope, Cloris Leachman, yeah. uh, just person after person. Uh, Orson Welles. Yeah, it yeah. was oh Dom Dom DeLuise instantly made me happy. He's always my joy bringer. But and it, it, you get that, and you get that all the way through every movie. And I also think the strength of those cameos in those early movies were because they were people who were living in the world then and knowing that they were a big deal and were able to appreciate that. Whereas I think some of the newer movies, I still like them a lot, but I think there's a lot of cameos in there where they try to push in the tween stars or they try to push in the people who may not necessarily have grown up with the Muppets and you get, it's sort of a, uh, it's not a laziness, but it's a, you know, it's a disconnect that I don't think you get when you have those legendary, you know, figures, people who know what uh, show business is, know what entertainment is. And it really was too. Like, what do you mean? It was just like, that's hilarious. <laughs> and well, I, I tell you like these guys, you, I, I'm really bummed that you didn't get a chance to be there for that interview know, because that those sucks. guys, well, that gator looks awesome. Know, Cause they were very much of the same mind as us when it came to things like star Wars and Muppets and stuff like that. Right, like was I was like literally a, just saying that they seemed like they got, and it seems like the cameo stars that they got back in the movies on yeah. the show really, really seem to be enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. 
and really wanting to be there. And just like, yeah. I, I can't remember the gentleman's name that was just speaking that there was, before. That was Patrick. He was correct because kind of in the new ones, you're kind of like, I don't know. You know, it's like a flavor of the month. That's not really when you watch yeah. it again. It's not going to be legs. Look at his legs. Okay. Now this was a big thing. I have to go right to another clip, unfortunately, but uh, this was a very important thing we talked about. And so let's talk about some Muppet legs for a minute. I want to talk about probably the thing I have the strongest reaction to in any Muppet movie, their legs. Whenever their legs are working, I freak out. And am I alone on this, or is this a thing that is shared? I'm pro-legs. I'm very pro-legs. <laughs> I mean, I think there are... It's interesting, because, like, Kermit riding a bike is part of the reason for this movie to exist. Is like they're doing things that you they couldn't do on The Muppet Show. The Muppet Show is a stage-bound sketch comedy where everything is built so that you're just seeing from the waist up. And... Kermit riding a bike is still something that you look at and you think like, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. I think Kermit and Fozzie on stage, full bodied, yeah. is jarring. It's jarring, but also it's just for a moment. Yeah. It's not, uh, I think they have fun with things like, let's throw Kermit into the fan, you know, and, and where it's clearly just fabric flopping around <laughs> and dubbed over. So I think it's like, I would not be in favor of a Muppet movie in which they were full body the whole time. Yeah. yeah. I think that would bother me. Mm -hmm. I like a certain amount of just framing being the thing that makes the yeah. Muppets uh, come to life. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's important to, to do that, to to distinguish the movie from the TV version. They didn't just take like, well, we're going to show their legs. Yeah. And not just if we're doing this thing, it's actually what the movie is about. The yeah. movie is about Kermit's yeah. legs. Yeah. If you can't, if you don't show his legs enough, then <laughs> it would be more distracting because you're like, what legs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, true. So, yeah, I mean, like, and, and it's true. And what he's talking about, the, uh, the techniques they used to show his legs and stuff, they basically made him into a marionette and they had a crane over the bike that was moving his legs and moving That's his awesome. head around and all that stuff as they were going. We missed, we just uh, missed James Coburn. We missed, well, we, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You were still watching. Yeah. But yeah, James Coburn just got kicked out of the place there. Uh, on first glance, I thought that was Lee Marvin. And I think that Lee Marvin would have been, I probably would have been a lateral move. Like it's just a tough guy, cowboy Same kind of thing, yeah. right? Uh, and oh my God. Madeline Kahn and absolute hero of mine. I She's, love this woman. She is just absolutely brilliant. Uh, there are a lot of people, a lot of uh, things in this. Actually, in the background, you can see the woman who just smacked the guy and is, like, getting choked now. That's Rita Moreno. <laughs> That's yeah, legit. No, but that's legitimately that's legitimately Rita Moreno in the background. No way. No credit. No lines. Nothing. And oh then my there's God, Telly look at all the cameos are here. And Carol Kane. Yeah, it's almost like they just caught them all at one time, right? Is it Axl Rose? <laughs> what the shit? Yeah, but today's <laughs> Axl Rose. Exactly. <laughs> Sweet child of mine. <laughs> El Sleezo. Mm -hmm. He has a, he, that guy. Uh, oh my God. He's the actual uh, music writer for the movie and stuff like that too. But what strikes me about him is he's got, like, <laughs> there is. yeah, he's got a really weird vibe. Yeah. Fozzie. Oh God. I love him so much. <laughs> uh, I always feel like this one is this movie too, especially, but I think great Muppet Caper as well. I feel like those movies were written by Fozzie. Like right. we live in a world where Fozzie wrote these movies because because they're, they're a they're very tongue in cheek they're very fun and they're oh my very, god look at his legs this is another bit so oh this my god is, it looks like when the dudes are you can't throw somebody else's head 
Oh yeah, in the labyrinth, and that's exactly how they did it. It's just all blue screen with blue screen guys in blue screen suits controlling everything. So they had a different. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the toughest, meanest bar, Fozzie. Oh my God, there's Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> yeah, no, him on. <clears throat> oh man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boo. Boo. There's like I, sheiks and I just like that that's part of his character is that he's a char- he's a comedian that everybody hates. Fozzie, but I want Fozzie to play our friggin' first live show. Yes. At Comic Con with well, Fozzie Bear. And that was something that we I talk about uh with the guys, but we didn't hear in there was the um the way that people acting against a Muppet, how they take it so seriously. Like it's, they're not looking at, or they're not acting like, um, Oh, what's his name? uh, I've got, I've got it. Hold on one second. Um, but they, um, they have the thing where, uh, they're looking right into the Muppets eyes. Yeah. They're not like, they're treating the Muppet as an actor, not the puppeteer and stuff like that. And I think that that's super important too. Oh my god! Yeah, um, that would be so lame. Yeah. With like looking down at them, oh my, it's like the only take they could use. I'm like, looking at you as a puppet. Well, the puppet. No, but I'm not even saying that. But I'm like, when you like, obviously they're told like, look at the puppet's eyes, whatever. But it's not a problem. Like they're buying into. I'm talking to Kermit, not I'm talking to somebody right. like, who's puppeteering. Hey, you put them. them down. There's Frank Oz. That's Frank Oz. Eh? Yeah, young Frank Oz. I love the whipping around. Is that one the, of the bushwhackers? Oh my yeah. god. Oh, well, he's a frog. Uh, yeah, he, he'll be fine. He's very stretchy. Uh, so the guy you were talking about who was the bad guy was uh, Charles Durning, who was in the Sting, Tootsie, Meatballs 3, Solar Babies, which is amazing. Solar Babies. You got to watch Solar Babies if you haven't seen oh it. Oh, my God. You've seen it? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Who hasn't seen Solar yeah. Babies? Dick Tracy, V.I. Warshawski, Evening Shade, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? He was in Family Guy, Rescue Me, has a total of 215 credits to his wow. name. Wow. Yeah, like it's no small thing, man. Uh, <laughs> and then his, uh, uh, we'll talk about his uh, cohort in a minute when we get to him. <laughs> I, a solid trick. I'm enjoying, we're watching this on did, Disney oh, Plus. Exactly. I was the like, did they think that they were up at the top of the roof? And then, yes, they did. Yep. Yeah, they did. <laughs> quick. That's just like in uh, Turkey Murder, the Turkey Murders. When Thanks, he wears killing. that guy's face, he doesn't even yeah. notice. They're like, yeah, that's the bartender, all right. My name is Kermit the Frog, <laughs> and I am on my way to Hollywood. That's awesome. It's pretty good, actually. <laughs> uh, For frogs. right? They didn't say anything about bears, bad. Mm-hmm. I tell you, still one of my favorite experiences at Disney is the um, Muppet Vision for uh, 3D thing. Oh, at the, I loved it. I did, too. It was so okay, good. Okay, I want you to walk a walk I want you to look at Fozzie. Uh-huh. Take away the scarf. Mm-hmm. His eyes, his nose, his eyebrows, his hat. He looks like a piece of Popeye's chicken. <laughs> Wait, were you waiting to see him in the light? I, do, I, I don't disagree like with you already. Big cruncher. I already agree, but oh my I, god, there he is. This guy's so yeah. fucking evil and everything. I know, but he's got that. He's got the perfect face for that. Like it must be, it must be tough. Like you might want to play other things and stuff like that, and like no look, such. Luck. He looks like chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. I I I see it totally. <laughs> um, I will say though, Charles Durning did play Santa in Elmo Saves Christmas. Oh my so, god! So he was a good guy once. Did um, Elmo save Christmas or did Charles Durning? Charles Durning saved. Christmas. I mean, come on, obviously yeah. that little fucking weirdo. Yeah. So the interesting thing there um obviously it's pretty weird to see yeah, that there's a muppet the, the pedals so that's the that's where i'm getting at this car is being driven by a little person in the trunk 
who has a camera. He's got a monitor and there's a camera on the front of the car and he's actually steering and driving the car while um, Jim Henson and uh, Frank Oz or, and whatnot are, the, are, are in the car. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Was he the cops? No, he's not the cops. See, he, you know what? He's, he's after, the owner he's after Fozzie because he looks like fucking uh, no. the colonel. No, it's quite. It's almost the. Ex- it's the exact opposite of that. Watch this commercial, and you'll see. Oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! He sells frogs' oh, legs. Oh shit! Have you ever been? Now, this is just something I've been thinking about because of this. Have you ever been to a restaurant that served frogs' legs? Never. I've never seen it. And I was actually thinking the episode today should have been brought to you by the restaurant that food you've never seen before, like frogs' <laughs> legs, Hassenpfeffer. Yeah. Like that was a big Hoffenpfeffer. thing. Because that was always a big thing in. Uh, I feel like frog legs you get down to Louisiana or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somewhere you go gigging for frogs and you get like. But, uh, <laughs> gigging? Yeah. You know, frog How game. many so you frog just legs do you think you get in an order? An, enough Is that you'd be really uh, no, I no, I would say it would probably be enough where you'd be really sad if you connected it to the frogs that are. Oh the, yeah, like just a lot, like a yeah. shrimp, like a shrimp cup, and it's just legs all around. Yeah, they don't even use the bodies; they just no. use like they, they don't no. even have like a frog. The frogs are all. Or, you know, the frogs are all still alive. They've all got like Lieutenant Dan headbands on and like <laughs> shitty bristles. beers and they're, dra- yeah, they're, and they're drinking. They got a little little chair that they're in. Yeah. Um, 500 bucks to kill yourself yeah. and be a fucking. Right. Or do they want him to no, be like, the wa- spokesperson? He wants him to be the spokesperson. Oh, my. He wants him God. to replace the frog. Uh uh, so let's talk about Frank Oz for a minute. Uh, he obviously, like I said, he uh, he wrote and directed Muppets Take Manhattan. So being the only one in this early era that wasn't written by uh, uh, by Jerry Jewell. Uh, he was the voice of, amongst other people, he was the voice of Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal, Sam the Eagle. Uh, obviously the voice of Grover in the Who's uh, Max? This guy's in everything, too. Yeah, that's Austin Pendleton. You know him probably best from Short Circuit. Yes. And he was also in Oz, and he was in Mr. Nanny. Um, what else was he in? Uh, he was in uh, Sergeant Bilko, Greedy, Searching for Bobby Fischer, Homicide, Life on the Street. Uh, yeah, he's got- He played he, the homicide. Yes. And I was the street. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they call me the street. Mm-hmm. People but, die on me. But yeah, I mean, this is a fairly, it's not even a super early role for him, but it's a more, it's definitely the first kind of prominent thing he was really involved in. Oh, so they're still watching this movie in yes. the theater. Yes. This is like how Pootie, Ta- this is basically how Pootie Tang goes. Where it start where it starts where they say let's have a look at the trailer then they play the entire the entire movie. film so the trailer's the whole movie yeah wow what a trailer sad I take make nothing off of that look at that beautiful countryside mm. where are they um, most of this is shot outside in and around L A anyways really? so it's probably in the hills somewhere on the other side like when there wasn't a uh, drought going on or some shit like that. I need to learn how to play the banjo so we can sing songs and drive. I love the, I love how we and drive are in the same sentence. Yeah. Uh, I would be so tired. Of course I have to play. I play. I can't fucking drive while I'm playing the banjo. You're going to be hitting me in the face with a uh, thing. I love this joke. This This is such a dumb, fun joke. (laughs) Turn left at the fork of the, and, and it's the way he delivers it. I don't (laughs) don't believe believe that. that. (laughs) I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And he's just, he's such a great straight man. Now, who would you say is your favorite Muppet? I'll give you the same choice because I'm going to play with their clip. Uh, and I, I gave them a 
kind of like a a main guy and then kind of like an underrated guy that you also like. I thought you were playing a thing. No, I'm asking you first. Oh, you're asking me first. Who's yours? <clears throat> okay, uh, the, what I said, I actually, I'll go after because I'm pretty sure it's in the clip okay. and I don't want to say okay. it. Okay, uh, mine, I guess, is a side guy like Carl. Mm-hmm. Carl the big dumb whatever. Oh, from like the Muppets Tonight. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, there's Carl. Yeah. And, he's like, if you, and if you get the answer wrong, he eats the kid, the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so we're seeing Big Bird. This is oh my god! Is is this is he on the run? Yeah, <laughs> yes. No, this is he's on his way to go. New oh, York he, City. I think he was on his run to. Oh my god! Yeah. What a fucking cameo! That's a real cameo, right but that there, is, brother. Fuck those celebrities. And that is the same Carol Spinney that um, Patrick Cotner met so many years oh ago. Oh my I god! Was, there I, he is. I super regretted because Carol Spinney was at Niagara oh, Falls Comic Con oh, a few oh, years ago. I know, but he was he was at Niagara Falls Comic Con a couple years ago, and I decided not to go meet him. And then he died that year, and I didn't get to see, and I didn't get to see him again. But anyway, so who are your favorites? You okay, said Carl. You know, I'm going to take away Carl. I'm going to say oh. what's his name? The Prawn. Oh, Pepe. Yeah. Pepe and Miss Piggy. Okay, very good. So now let's hear what our friends had to say about this one. Now I'm going to ask the stupid but probably most relevant question: What is each of your favorite Muppets? Who? Now, are we talking main group or are we talking anybody? Actually, I'll give I'll give you one of each because I have a favorite Muppet and an underrated Muppet. And I find that a lot of the newer ones fall into the underrated because they're not yeah. a part of the main group. Uh, I think main group, and I think we can count him as main group, is Scooter. Mm-hmm. Scooter's my guy. Yeah. Well, he's the producer of it all. I get it. I know. I know. <laughs> um. It's it's really that's a really hard question. I mean, I think that like it's hard for me not to say Kermit, but specifically like the Jim Henson iteration of Kermit, because it was a an example of someone who plays the straight man in scenes and yet is funny. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite Muppet, but maybe if I had to pick one. You know, it's probably, you know, if I'm probably being honest in terms of like, what do you get out of this character? What, what is, you know, cause there's some like Sam the Eagle, which I think is a very like uh, sophisticated character for a kid's character that to basically be taking on a kind of like a certain kind of right wing Republicanism. <laughs> uh, you know, like even before I was aware of politics, I was aware that Sam the Eagle was like a political character. I feel like I know your answer. What about, what do you think I'm going to say? I think it's Fozzie. No, it's not. It's not. Really? It, it, here's what. Here's my journey. I start it, when I'm answering this question. I start at Kermit, and then I veer toward. No, I'm probably. I want to have fun. I'm a Gonzo guy. I'm gonna go towards Gonzo. <laughs> yeah. Oh I, yeah. I, I. You know what? I love Gonzo a lot too. It's. Yeah. But then I'm gonna do another. I'm gonna do a second swerve, which might take the value out of my pick. <laughs> I'm gonna land. I'm gonna land at Miss Piggy. So yeah, like it was, it's funny because I left that in the struggle with that because that was how I felt when I was thinking about it because I do love all the characters. Like I don't discount, like by saying I like one more than another, I don't discount the other ones. It's like, you know, it's like that difference between gold and silver, right? My favorites, right? They're all gold. You're right. Uh, But the... Uh, from the new era, I agree. Pepe is probably my favorite, and uh, they mentioned Bobo as well in the interview. Who oh, I really yeah. like, Bobo the Bear. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. Bobo who's also so really good. That's but, funny. He's the same. Mm-hmm. But, me, and I, me and that one do really the same guy. Yep. But from this, uh, like the original era, my favorite overall is Beaker. 
because he's just an expression and he makes me laugh incessantly. But also, I think my favorite characterization of any of them, and I and what I said in the interview was animal whenever he's being calmed down. Uh, it's just always uh, and he's like standing uh, off to the side and he's no longer a part of the store and he's just uh, uh, <laughs> and it makes and I'm and I all my in, oh, shit. Yeah, all my attention goes away from a, anybody into animal I'm like sometimes I couldn't even tell you what the dialogue was because I'm just focused on animal they should do like mm-hmm. you know they do the movies yeah. I want to see a movie like like this one where they're all not in the Muppets mm-hmm. where like it's a buddy action comedy and it stars Fozzie and, and Kermit and then like the bad guy could be like gonzo and you know what i mean oh, and somebody so it's, else so they're just all be... actors yeah, like they're exactly, repertory yeah. theater players yeah exactly i love dr teeth and the electric mayhem oh, fuck yes just like and everybody's so good yeah man <laughs> janice zoot oh yeah here's her introduction <laughs> yeah exactly we're well, he's yeah. got such a george clinton thing going is, on is eh? uh is ralph in this Ralph is in this. Because sometimes he like becomes a character, and then he's like you don't see him a lot, and something yeah. I don't know something's going on with him. I don't mm. know if he's into drugs, he kind of comes in and out. Yeah, maybe he's a family man. He's like, I got to go raise my pups. No, he's and in I'm this. Go off for a while. He's in this. No, he's he, sometimes oh. he's in the movies, oh, yeah, and yeah. then he's not, and he's gone. And yeah, but I don't think like in the early days, I don't think he ever disappeared in any. I think like, maybe they, in, maybe they made him more of a prominent role yeah. kind of after, and then he kind yeah. of fell off. Because he's a, like he's in Caper, and he's a, he's a bigger <laughs> role in Manhattan because he's like. <laughs> I like that when they do uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh God, that was there. Really uh, yeah, that was a good that. one. <laughs> oh, there's Scooter. Scooter. When he takes his glasses off. His eyeballs are in his glasses. I love Which that. Which makes perfect sense. Right? <laughs> I totally love that. <laughs> uh, there's a scene coming up too that uh, was one of the favorite scenes of this, and I'll have to be playing a uh, another clip in a moment when it comes up. But <laughs> organic refreshments. I know. See. I, I think to me, if you had to cast like real people as Muppets, I feel like the easiest people to cast would be Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Who I feel do you like, think it would be? That's like off the top of my head, I don't really have any names. I just, I see those people, I see those Muppets, and I see personifications for them. Like I can see a human right. doing it. Whereas, like, you know, like Fozzie is Fozzie. So here's the I script. I think Zach Kelly Nafkis could play yeah. Fozzie. Okay, yeah, I'm not mad at that. So here is um, a clip from Patrick talk, or not Patrick from Connor talking about one of his favorite scenes, which happens to be this one. The Mel Brooks torture scene because it's like that's not it. We're gonna turn it down. Whoops. Oh, I screwed Torture scene. Is that what's coming up here? Torture? Yeah. What kind of fucking movie are you watching here? I don't know, but I'm trying to be able to turn it off, and I can't now. Christ. Uh, And then we're gonna do that. And now it's stopped. Okay, so we're going to try this again when I'm going to try and select the right button. And it's going to be this button. When they pull out the <laughs> script midway through the movie and catch up to, like, how they got there by reading the screenplay to the movie they're in, is such a – that's like a Monty Python move. That's like a uh, – I, I don't know that anybody had done that kind of a joke in a movie with the exception of maybe, like, in Blazing Saddles when yeah. uh, they go into the movie theater and the movie exists. But it's still such a – such a hip joke that they pull off so well so yeah it's and it's true it's like um 
he he mentions it being part of Blazing Saddles. It's actually a very similar part in uh, Spaceballs that they do, but that came out years after this. Oh, when this, they fast forward, Where they right? go through the movie to find out yeah. what's going on. I like when he finds him, he's like, oh, the electric mayhem, that is mm-hmm. us. This is, I, I think one thing they've done really well is that, like, they sound like a band, and every song that is done by them throughout the course of their of like the Henson career, it sounds like the same band made the song. You know what I right. mean? Like it sounds like a cohesive thing. Like they didn't just write a song and then have them do it type thing. Right. And then the next one they're doing kind of like a, you know, like a rap tune. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's always the same band. Yeah, exactly. And they're, feels- they're, they're doing their own uh, montage music. Yeah. Oh, even the bass is getting a little little Joe Walsh side action here. <laughs> a little couple of words in there, like right yeah. on. I'm not fucking playing bass. I'm the second hit a couple, you know. Yeah, sing a couple choruses or something. For sure, uh, the uh, they were saying, I guess, because James Frawley, who we said was the director. Um, his experience in directing something like this was zero. So I guess he had a really difficult time, not only dealing with the logistics of making the movie, but also with the dealing with you guys like Jim Henson and Frank Oz and them who were so proficient at doing this kind of thing that it was probably really frustrating for them to be able to like, it's like, I should just be able to do this the way we want to do it. And they're, they're waiting on him to kind of like figure it out. It's like, we already know how to do it. Like I'm smelling and everything. I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm raging on behalf of like a a late twenties, Frank Oz right now. Jack Black would play Dr. Teeth. Mm, Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, I picture a black man playing him. If I'm being frank, mm. I don't. I don't know who. I'll be Todd. <laughs> They're not even. They must be tuckered out, man. They're rocking right in their face. Well, rock and roll people don't sleep. They live in a church okay, where they just would play be music. Titus Andronicus would play him. <laughs> who would play what's her name there? I swear, when the, oh, I, yo, I could see Elizabeth Banks playing her. Can you picture that? Yeah, down in Fraggle Rock. Yeah, a little bit of that. Going wow, on. down Fraggle Rock. Speaking of which, Fraggle Rock is coming back for a new uh, version, like a is, reboot. Is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levin in it? And I don't know. I hope so. You fucking better be. If he's not, fuck the whole thing. I would love to get my car painted like that. That looks fucking oh gorgeous. Oh, my God, yes. Could you imagine, like, if I... Like, you know how people, um, for, for like comic cons and stuff like that, they buy vehicles and then they do them up to look like the movie vehicles and stuff? Right. I would love to have that vehicle. That'd be so killer. One guy would get it. You go, oh, it's from the Muppets, and that'd be all worth it. Oh, yeah. And that guy that said it would be me. Well, you know what? You would... drove off in it because I fucking yeah. carjacked you. Yeah. Well, you know what you do is like anybody who's like kind of smart would like get some like Muppet replicas and stuff like that. And then you'd have like your picture taken like with like Fozzie driving the car or something like that or get your favorite one type thing. So a driving... idea, actually. I'm pretty good at things. <laughs> so <laughs> they, uh, I they did, did all that painting the car for nothing. I know it's, it's like um, in your favorite movie MacGruber, where um, <laughs> where where Kristen Wiig is dressed like MacGruber, and they're like, oh or no, he's dressed like one of the other like bad guys or something like that, and they're like, it's gonna take them a couple of minutes to figure out that it's not. And she walk, they open the door, he's like, it's not there, and they start shooting <laughs> they start immediately. Shooting, yeah, and I think he's coming back on another network or something. Uh, oh my god, here he comes the Gonzo Mobile on, on Peacock. Uh, MacGruber was going to be a TV series. Yeah. Or an internet series for one. There he is, Gonzo with his weird mm. chicken, 
You think it's sexual with the chickens or oh, this this one confirms that oh, this, this is, is a, absolutely this is a full on like he actually makes her blow him <laughs> roadhead. Yeah. You know these rides aren't for free, Camilla. <laughs> <laughs> Cash grass or ass, no one rides for free. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, I forgot about Gonzo when you asked me like who my favorite it's still yeah. Miss Piggy though yeah I just Miss, love the ego I love her whole Miss Piggy she, has the best scene in this entire Miss movie Piggy too. is so like good. the puppet embodiment of like how stereotypically you would say like Bette Midler was or something you know what I mean like that's yeah. who reminds me of Miss Piggy and yeah. I mean it's in all the world uh, Mrs. Divine Miss M because I think Miss Piggy is gorgeous yeah and I also think you're gorgeous thanks did you see her in Get Shorty when she like took her robe off yeah of course she's hitting on Gene Hackman? We're talking about James Gandolfini, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking right. Torma quadriceps. <laughs> That's what we should do. What, get shorty? Yeah. I'd love to do get shorty. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get there. Uh, Have we done any other Muppet movies? Um, no, we haven't. But what was interesting is because we had talked about it at one point and then it got brought up. And then when he brought it up, I was like, per perfect. Because it's something we knew. At the very least, we wanted to do, but I mean, there's so many things we haven't gotten around to. We have done, <laughs> we have done Henson stuff right before, just not because we did uh, Labyrinth and we did Dark Crystal. Oh my but, god, this is like a, like a two, yeah. like two, like when you crash, you'll have to flip, yeah. and then you can do, could drive the other. I've one. done this. I love this stuff here. Just listen to this dialogue. I'm actually going to turn it on so we can hear it. So. Is all Uncle yeah. Burl. But listen, like you're listening to all this dialogue. This you can tell this is all improv. <laughs> How should I stop? He's like, you're taking this turn a little bit wide there, bud. He's like, <laughs> I know, and it's just it's so funny to me because it's like these guys are so locked into who they are and the characters. There are great um there's great footage of uh muppets improvising oh, shit. Uh, oh never mind yeah of th this was the this whole uh casting chrome casting thing was a gigantic mistake because we've had a couple of little glitches <laughs> now so far look at this but, awesome car for only two grand a beetle well, but let's all keep let's keep in mind the time it's like that's probably really expensive <laughs> then it's like a new a new car would probably be four grand. Oh my god, there he is! Sweetums is another favorite of mine. Oh my god, uh, I I still think one of my great joys again at the Disney thing is when Sweetums actually like runs out and is like in your presence in the Muppets Vision 3D thing. <laughs> You're just like, oh my god, he's actually there. Swedish <laughs> Chef also a favorite. Like that's my thing. I am. Uh, I've always had a thing. <laughs> this is a happy go lucky. Guy. I know he's great. Uh, I, I've always had such a thing about like, it's the only way I really rebel is when there are main guys like Kermit and that. And it's like, Oh, those are the favorites. I'm like, Nope, not me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to like everybody else more. And that's like, that's where my like love for beaker and people like Sweetums and stuff go for that. 1195. Was <laughs> that was brilliant. Milton Burl, a famously huge penis. I don't even know where that story came from, but it was. It was. <laughs> He's got like the matted is like, are those ears or is that like matted hair coming no down idea. the side of his head? He just reminds me of that old homeless man he used to see in Toronto that had one giant dreadlock. He used to have dreadlocks, uh, but then they all morphed into one big giant dreadlock that looked like Sweetums. Yeah. It's basically like, it's basically how people had, uh, 
baseball. They yeah. left him. Yeah. Give it, you that sweet deal. I know. It's basically how like hair turns into scales over time and it becomes protective. Like somebody attacks him from behind with an axe and it just Look, he's just saying, please. Oh I my know. god. This is probably what turns him into a raging maniac. Yeah. Yeah, the next movie he's whoa, whoa, tearing whoa. people's you heads kid off. Oh, that's a real chicken. That, that was oh, oh no yeah. chickens were yeah. Well, that, that several one chicken, one yeah. chicken was slightly distressed during yeah. the filming of this Muppet yeah. movie. Yeah, that you, looks like literally the most dangerous carny operated piece of trash ever. I know. I hate. Oh how, my god! What kills me? Oh, hey. Elliot Gould. What kills me is how expensive friggin' uh, carnivals and stuff are. Like you go there and it's Carney's like he's got to eat too. No, bro. but it, it's like for an all day ticket, it's like thirty six dollars. Mm. I'm like, that's only a little bit cheaper than going to like an actual theme park with roller coasters. Well, no, then you have to pay for all your rides, like each of that one. There. No, but that's what I'm saying is like the all day pass to get on the rides all day right. is that much. But they do that at the thing. Yeah, they do now. Yeah, we were, we went to a fair a little while ago and they had one of those. You get the bracelet and then you go on. But I'm like, Jesus, like I. I, I said to uh, Carrie the one time, I'm like, we can go to Canada's Wonderland for the exact same price. Yeah. And instead of going on like the the Gravitron, which is the only available ride. See what I'm saying? Yeah, he's like no hard feelings, but I guess he is a space alien. So he's a whatever, whatever at this yeah. point. There's Edgar Bergen oh and Charlie my McCarthy. God. Uh, Edgar Bergen, who did actually pass away shortly after this movie. It is actually dedicated to him because he is kind of like the OG of puppeteers. Not very good at the ventriloquism anymore. He did not anymore. look His, like he was very good at all. He like he had he he was like the classic back in the day, but his lips were moving and stuff oh, like that. Oh, there she so is. So here's what her a beauty. This is Marilyn Monroe copied this woman's style so bad. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there's something. There's something that's an instant joke about whatever. Whenever um, Gonzo finds something weird. Yeah. It's like, what a weird situation we found ourselves in. He's got his, like, weird nose. I like whenever they grab it and it, like, more about it morphs likes. to their very, you know what I mean? Oh, one yeah. of them, he, he twists it and it gets all, like, oh, that was um, uh, Muppets in Space. That was yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tambor did that to him. <laughs> yeah, see, like, Muppets in Space. Like, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Tambor's awesome, but they could have had bigger... Bigger celebs, you know, but he was no, great in it. That was, yeah. And Ray Liotta was great in it, mm-hmm. too. Oh, fuck. Ray Liotta was good for that time because, I mean, that was fairly fresh off yeah. of uh, oh, Goodfellas go. and stuff like that. <laughs> Love it. First oink. I get it. I remember, uh, I don't think I'm telling tales too out of school here. Uh, I had taken pictures for my brother in law's wedding. And his at the time, no, and his at the time wife, no longer wife. So I don't feel as bad about this. I looked at her and just the way she was, she had the kind of like sunken, like the lids were like half down and that sort of thing. And I just said to my wife, I'm like, she looks exactly like Miss Piggy right now. And she was just like, (laughs) she just died. (laughs) I know you're telling me that half. Yeah. Cause like the eyes are like half. Yeah. Which is like the only way I can draw like Oh my god. (laughs) He's swimming. He's swimming. The first time I've ever seen him in the water. I feel like that was an accident. Like somebody pushed Jim Henson in and he's trying to like get he's drowning. I'm here, he's waving. But he's such a consummate professional that he was he's getting Mm -hmm. the scene done. He doesn't even know they're filming anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Something I still do to this day with all of my, with my niece, my nephew, and my kids. I take their arms and I do shake them over their head like they're just all loose. So I just go, Muppet arms, yay! You're hurting me, Dad! Ah, they only have mild bruises. It's fine. It's better um, than the bruises you got all over your goddamn Lord, body. Oh, Lord, fighting kids. Mm-hmm. Kids are tough as nails these days. Yep. He was using nails. Sure can take a punch. Yeah. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie cost eight million to make. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, whoa! Yeah, they're fucking hard right now. Whoa! Ooh, oh, yeah! We're gonna do this froggy style. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, uh, yeah, the movie cost eight million to make. Uh, it made sixty five million. It was in the t- it was the number ten highest grossing movie of the year nineteen seventy nine. The movies that it was behind. See, this is uh, what a different time this was. The number one movie. Of- I say like oh, I God. know, I know. The number one movie of nineteen seventy nine was Kramer versus Kramer. Good movie. There's, no, but I'm just, depressing. No, but I'm just saying like that would never happen now. You're not going to find like a divorce drama. As the number, the number one. one movie. Amityville Horror was number two. Rocky Two was number three. Uh, Apocalypse Now, number four. Star Trek uh, was five. Alien, six. Ten was seven. The Jerk was eight. Moonraker was nine. And Muppet Movie was ten. Fucking A. Like, it's such an interesting group. And it's like the Jerk being on there. And Apocalypse Now actually being quite low, all things considered. You would think if, if I just told you all of those, you would assume like Alien, Apocalypse Now, or Star Trek would probably have been the highest yeah. grossing one. <laughs> you know, this movie's so cool. This movie's like racial harmony. Mm-hmm. Pigs and frogs getting together. Aliens, chickens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's next? An interracial couple? No, but we're gonna see Two a black guy in a second. Together? No, no, they're not. They're not ready for that. Oh my god! That's a little outside of PG-13. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. I love how she's just molesting him. They come out yeah. of the song and she is molesting him, and he's like, "Excuse me." She's a. Gr- she is. See, she's a strong female. She is a sex positive. She don't give a lady. fuck. Yeah. She should be the next vice president. God damn right she should be. I'd like an ice cream. Oh my God, Bob Hope! I'm going to tell you the most embarrassing story of my life. I was trying really hard to. <laughs> we were having to write speeches when I was like in grade like four or five, and I couldn't find. I wanted to write a speech about like because they said just pick a subject. I was like, I'm going to write about like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I looked everywhere for a book on Arnold Schwarzenegger, some kind of this pre-internet folks, uh, some kind of like research on him, and I couldn't find anything. And I was That's in such this a area, fast cameo. I know, and I was in. Uh, in a section and I found a Bob oh. Hope. Yep. Richard Pryor. Oh baby. my God. But anyways, I found a book on, on Bob Hope. So I'm just like, screw it. I'll take this. And I wrote a speech about Bob Hope when I was like, like maybe 10 years old. And I, but I actually got to go to a speech, like, like the regional speech championship thing with that. I hear totally awesome that he's in this. Oh, Richard Pryor, man. He is just, uh, such a, comic genius and again I love how he's such a dirty bastard and he's in the <laughs> Muppet movie. I know, right? But like everybody <laughs> and like I he he doesn't get enough credit for his acting because whenever he did something that wasn't wow, with Gene Superman Wilder, three was awesome. But he was not. Uh and <laughs> it was 
<laughs> but like there were, uh, but like so many other things like hear no evil, see no evil. He's great in, but I think it was like that weird. I, I think he gets overshadowed as a comic actor by Gene Wilder in those kinds of movies because they're like, well, Gene Wilder's the actor and he's the comedian. Right. You know? And it's like, I don't think he ever got enough of a chance. It wasn't until he got oh, they're sick. They were great together. Oh uh, yeah. They were so good. I I love it because he's ice so, cream cone is like changing color constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there goes Gonzo. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is. I really, find it funny that their cameos are so short. There's so many yeah. people in this movie, man. But I think that was a part of the promise of uh, getting bigger people. Is you're not going to take up too much of your time. We're going to be doing this stuff like on studio anyway so you're only gonna have to just come across the roll, lot just roll across yeah exactly. you know what i mean like i like um what's his face uh orson wells is in this movie he has one line i wonder and if there's orson like outtakes you know what i mean if like richard Pryor just really was going off there about the balloons you know I mean? for 20 minutes but they yeah you know they just cut it out for you know that's a good question they probably have a ton on the cutting room floor that's like look at a, like dom deluise you think he's just gonna sit in that yeah. boat and say the lines he wrote and then just go yeah, off like no, no way. way there's no way he's sitting in there for he must have been feeling, you know why because he must he was just so happy that uh, burt reynolds wasn't around slapping him all day <laughs> I feel like, like he still showed up. Fuck. That's probably most of the outtakes. Is like he's sitting there. He's like Bert. No, he's like, Bert comes over on a motorboat and he's like, no, Bert, please no. I just smack. Uh, God, we got to do Cannonball Run. Those movies. Are oh fantastic. yeah, those movies kick fucking balls. This guy's not happy. His buddy is going to help him. When he was talking about the frog legs, it was like his buddy didn't get it. Yeah, he was like, wait, frogs on crutches. This is a very strange. Uh, sign. I feel like that's exactly where the original sign was, the frog leg sign was, and they just put another one Absolutely. up and then drove back there Absolutely. again. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. It looks exactly... That is a very weird and, and that specific That is a real function. giant pie yeah. that they put up there, I guess, mm-hmm. whenever it... Oh my god, that looked amazing. Yeah. That is the most demented... <laughs> Like, who would buy pies off that obvious, like, she's doing bath salts yeah. all day, making, throwing giant pies at people? She also had Muppet eyes, you notice? She, she had, like, the oh, yeah, they're, like, gigantic. They don't make, they just don't make signs like they used to. Look at you the know? smile oh on the, oh, my f- God. Like, half Ooh, of their faces, yeah. those girls were very incapable of acting, because not one of them looked scared. They, they, were, they all well, they looked, loved it. It was a panty raid. They, they were all, loving it. Yeah. Yeah, like in Revenge of the Nerds. They're exactly. like, I love being objectified in such a manner. <laughs> oh, do you think these girls that are at this beauty pageant that just lost to a pig really give a shit about some monster yeah, coming and sniffing their panties? I was going to say, they're, uh, yeah, their self-esteem is probably at a level that, <laughs> <Exactly>. that's probably. <laughs> yeah, because usually when pigs win something at the fair, it's like a blue ribbon for like another. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Could you imagine if they just made this a little bit of a Twilight Zone world and you went to and it went to like that blue ribbon area and it was just a bunch of like fat people in pens? And I, was, I feel like this would then officially be like a Terry Gilliam movie. Oh, no, you know, it was funny because I was thinking like, you know, like uh, Tarantino's only going to do 10 movies. Mm-hmm. Fuck Star Trek. Do a Muppets movie. Oh my Three God. and a half hour Muppet movie. <laughs> Okay. Amazing. I got to talk about uh, something very specific about uh, cameos. Now we talked about people. One of the, my one of my favorite cameos comes up in this one. But it, I ask a very specific question about how the how humans are allowed to interact with the Muppets. Do you find that the actors, like any live action actors, they're given a little bit more license to maybe be a little bit broader? 
uh, in sure. character and stuff like that because they're acting against something so out of the norm. Like you, you yeah. know, you, you can't see somebody like being so big if they're acting in against another human, but because it's against a frog, it's totally acceptable. I mean, I think, and one of the scenes I was going to talk about, and I'm sorry to uh, not let you talk at all, Connor, but that's, that's how this is going to be. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Connor. One of the scenes I was going to talk to you about is the Steve Martin scene. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is very dialed into his stand-up persona in that scene mm-hmm. versus his movie persona. Maybe a little bit in the earlier movies, he was more like that, but he's very like, oh, hello. You know, he's like very over the top and very like flowing in the in the late 70s Steve Martin persona world. Um, and I think there's a lot of people in those movies that do that, where they're given the license to act in a way that they would not be acting in a normal movie even though I think some of the best people in those movies are the people who treat this as if this is normal. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, because the other thing is that like the Muppets are not always wacky. They're sometimes very subtle and that there is also that where it's like, there are examples where you have performers who underplay yeah. up against the Muppets in ways that are very effective. I think Orson Welles is incredibly restrained in his like cameo at the end. It's not a, He's he's no stranger to like chewing scenery as an actor, yeah. And he plays that very like dialed down. He does, he gets it entirely that it's like just because these are Muppets is no reason not to play this as if it's you know. yeah. But I do think on the counterpoint, and I I think Connor will agree with me on this. One of the funniest people in any of the Muppet movies is Charles Grodin in Great Muppet Caper. And he's so over the top. He's like so outside of any realm of normalcy like that it is funny even though almost everyone else in that movie is treating this as... But he also has moments in that movie where he's just playing to Piggy. Playing his like uh, uh, in ways that it's like as if it's he's not talking to a puppet operated by Frank Oz, he's just talking to another actor in the movie. Yes. And that's like I was saying before, just how uh, impressive that is with the, with these cameos and stuff is A, they're sitting in a crazy world acting like it's perfectly normal, even if they're acting large right. really like to you know like you said chew and so we had steve martin and richard Pryor in this movie yeah so fucking awesome yeah like if you collected comedy vinyl in the 70s this was like a wet dream Holy of a movie Christ. for you but like steve martin uh, steve martin to this day still my one of my favorite all-time not not even his stand-up like i liked his stand-up fine nah, but like all right but his, it was his writing yeah. that killed me and it's like i owned his uh, one act plays, uh, the underpants and Picasso at the La Panagile. Uh, you had his book of essays, which cruel was cruel shoes, yeah, which was outstanding. And like, you can see like his shaking hesitance, but <laughs> he's going in to kiss him. Uh, but <laughs> he's like the worst but, waiter, but like, like you could care less. I know, but it's just his writing was just so like next level. Like the jerk is one of the best comedies. I love it. It's my favorite. Ever. It's my favorite. And we'll get to that one. I remember watching that movie with people, and they were just like, "What are you laughing at?" I was like, "What do you mean? What am I laughing at?" I'm laughing at genius. What the fuck? Like, and it's like he wrote three amigos. Boring. He wrote three amigos, which I also love dearly. And it's like, fuck yeah. Uh, L.A. Story is another one. It's I find that one to be a very underrated one. 
I think that one's really I find Bowfinger to be really very underrated. Of Bowfinger is like kind of quintessential. There he is. Yeah, there you go. It's quintessential Steve Martin at a time when you didn't think you could get quintessential right. Steve Martin. Anymore. I don't think that movie got nearly the the credit it deserved. There's Ralph. <laughs> And I think the fact, I think the thing that hurt it the most is the fact that he wasn't the biggest star in the movie. It's like the fact that Eddie Murphy. Oh, right. Was yeah. Like he, that was on his big comeback. Yeah. Because I think that to some people, it was an Eddie Murphy movie and not a Steve Martin movie. And that's not the case at all. It was a Steve Martin movie that Eddie Murphy was. That's in. right. Rolf. I, I think the thing I like the best about Rolf is his simplicity. Like there's nothing to that puppet. It's what it's one puppet using a hand for the mouth, one hand for his other hand, and then a third person using or a second person doing the other hand. Like there's nothing going on down there. It's not like a bunch of like uh I like how he just has this kind like of talking improv it. kind of a mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I guess when there's nobody in there but a frog drinking. Hey, they're tipping pretty well. Look at the big tip yeah. jar. Yeah, he takes care of business. The tip cup. I like that he's got multiple instruments there, too. He's got a keyboard sitting behind him, and he's like, you know, when I have to break out the synth. Oh, hell yes. Mm-hmm. He's probably got a keytar under there. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He's got a <laughs> glockenspiel, just in case. <laughs> yeah, in case, like, Rush drops in for a set or something, you know. <laughs> Fuck right, he'll have all the, he'll oh, have man. it all covered. Is I there want- any musicians in this yet? We haven't seen um, any, what was it, 79? Other- we haven't seen David Bowie or where's Mick Jagger. <laughs> No, not funny. Could I keep the Regers or something? Yeah. No, this one mostly sits into the comedy milieu of people. But like I remember when I saw it, it makes me think, though, because I see this and we know who all these people are. And we didn't even really have much experience with a lot of them. It's not like we saw a ton of Milton Berle and Bob Hope right. stuff, but we knew who they were. But it was like for us, we saw Madeline Kahn and Mel Brooks and Steve Martin and Richard Pryor and all those people. Is that Mel Brooks yet? Well, no, he's we haven't seen him yet, but he's in it. Oh, my God. And uh, he... Like, and it's all those people, and it's like, I have, I picture, like, a, a generation of people who are just coming across this for the first time on Disney+, Plus and seeing all these people, and it not even occurring to them that those people are uh, cameos. Kind of like the same way where I can watch a Sharknado and not key into the cameos they have, because it's like fucking real housewives. <laughs> Yo, and, if I ever get married, yeah, this has to be my song, my wedding song. I hope that something better comes along. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll sing that for you. <laughs> I hope that something better comes along. And then we'll get married. Yeah. Okay. Steve Martin was really like. He's had the biggest role here, I think, as cameos go. Yeah. Hello? Oh, my God. That's why she walked out on you. You piece of shit. <laughs> this movie's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is even happening in this movie? This guy yeah. wants him as this, like, frog leg. Well, spokesperson. Well, and what's hilarious to me is even though I had seen the movie (laughs) and Connor mentions the movie is about his legs, I still can't wrap my head around that. Like to me, the movie was like, if I, if somebody would have had, I watched the movie and then somebody just asked me kind of what it was about. I was like, Oh, it's about like the Muppets coming together for the first time. And, but realistically he's right. The plot of the movie, the the plot of the movie is, is chasing down him so he can have frog legs, blah, blah, blah. And there's going to be no legs left. Hello. Okay. So this is 
from beginning to end of this warehouse scene is my favorite scene in the entire movie. <clears throat> and we're going to see why in just one because second. Because of all those cobwebs on the I fucking d- lamps? I do, love a, I do love a planted cobweb near hay. That is a, uh, I think it's, it like speaks to the Charlotte's web in me. <laughs> that, uh, I think they just took them right out of Indiana Jones. Probably. It's probably the same basement. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Oh, okay. my God. So here is our friend Mel Brooks, <laughs> and we got to listen to what Connor has to say about this scene. The Mel Brooks torture scene, because it's like, this is a, you know, the, the Muppets were, they didn't shy away from dark stuff. And he's basically, this guy is, uh, it's Mel Brooks, you know, playing what seems to be a disgraced Nazi scientist, you yeah. know. In the same way that Sesame Street, you know, took on Donald Trump before uh, he was before his rise to power with the Donald Grump character on uh, Sesame Street, you know, I like it when I like it when the Muppets go after the Nazis. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good side of history to land on, I guess. Yeah, could be much worse. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. if Mel Brooks isn't playing a version of a Nazi, he's not being as Mel Brooks as he can be. <laughs> yeah. Um. And actually, that leads directly into my fa- one of my favorite scenes in the thing, or the one that kind of was the most jarring and made me laugh the hardest, was the Miss Piggy fight when she's rescuing Kermit from said machine. Yeah. And we've seen her fight a million times, but that's the only one, and I didn't remember it until I saw it, they changed her eyes. Yeah. And she's got these big Coke eyes all of a sudden. Yeah. And she's There's a woman there's a woman, Kathy Mullen, who was a performer for them. Um she played Moki on Fraggle Rock and she was also Yoda's uh right hand, I think, in Empire Strikes Back. It's a great hand. She's yeah. She started working for the Muppets during the Muppet movie and her first job was to build those eyes for Miss Piggy. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. that's awesome, and I remember. And my favorite part of that whole thing is the part where she finally jumps off the uh, yeah. the loft onto the landing because it was basically just them shoving a puppet over the edge, and it just, right. uh it it's the simplest comedy sometimes gets you. And I could just picture those guys go like trying to think of a funny way to make her jump or a technological yeah. way to make her jump. Sure. It's so good. So you, I, I was kind of hoping that was going to time better into the fight scene, but it didn't. So we'll have that. <laughs> we'll, we'll have that coming better. But he's so good. Like he, he is absolutely a disgraced Nazi. Obviously, yeah. Like, yeah. He did this. The heel. Yeah. You he, know, there's he, no place like Germany. Yeah, you know, yeah. when he first walked in, <laughs> there's no place like Germany. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that. That's fantastic. No, but he pl- he plays it so well, and it's just this speaks so well to just his skill as a performer. But like e- even more sometimes than he, like the movies he was in that he directed. Like it's so again, it's so broad and it's so. Oh, that guy looks oh, crazy. Yeah. He looks like a mix between Sloth and the, one of the guys from uh, Deliverance. He looks like uh, the, uh, one of the guys from Deliverance, Sloth, and uh, the Joker's right-hand man. Oh, <laughs> perfect. That is so good. And just fresh off of doing that movie, like, not that long ago, too, which is fantastic. I like Mel Brooks has got a big part, too. Mel, oh, God. it's Which is funny. Okay, so the two guys who had the biggest cameo so far is Steve Martin, who worked predominantly with his partner after they had, I guess, amicably yeah. split. Yeah. And then him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm surprised we don't get no Gene Wilder in here. I know, right? Must have been doing something else. He's too busy doing How Dare Radner. Hello. 
Oh, geez. Whoa. I love that little shrink too. Like, <laughs> there's certain things that they can do with certain Muppets that just like, and I think Kermit probably being the most malleable of the Muppets in that way. Like, he could just be like, like you can see, like he is essentially the most sock. <laughs> He just like, puts uh, it right over his eyeballs. I know, it's so good. I wonder if, like, to me, I wonder if that's something they're playing around with when they're doing it. They're like, you know, put it on his head, and they're like, it doesn't really go on his head. He's like, okay, just mush it as, like, hard as you can. <laughs> oh, shit, now so, you did it, buddy. This is the best. Now wait for... <laughs> this is the greatest scene in the movie. Wait to see her eyes, though. Is well, it, it, they're not there yet. But Don't fuck with Miss Piggy. Whoa! <laughs> She's got bananas, coke eyes, and, it, I, and when I saw because I've never seen that before, and it just made me laugh so hard. But like we said, I got. I thank Patrick for the insight. I didn't know that somebody who was Yoda's right hand made those eyes for Jim Henson. Yoda's makes, right hand. It just makes me laugh so hard. This is the best one. <laughs> That's like a wrestling spot where they're all standing there. <laughs> well, it's a wrestling spot, which is hilarious because it's not like they need to be there to catch that weight. But it's just Wait, the fact like that a, it's just a stiff puppet just launched over the side. Uh, uh, oh, fuck. Oh, God. He's all right. Well. <laughs> That it's like that's the most Mel Brooks thing he's ever done in my opinion. It's so goddamn funny. It's like so over the top. <laughs> I like I like I like that he was a uh he's like a neurosurgeon for frogs and he's like it's yeah. a growing field. Yeah. I get this movie is totally all about like the cameos and the banter because yeah. nothing happens in this movie. No, nothing. It's just, we're getting you from scene to scene. Yeah. We've loosely put together <laughs> yeah, like this guy's after his legs. That's awesome. That's all it needs to be. Yeah. It's so fucking wicked. Well, it's kind of how, you know, the, the one thing I'll credit Caddyshack with, it's kind of how that Caddyshack kind of worked. It's not, it wasn't about the hole. It was about getting, well, I guess it kind of was. It was a golf movie. Well, well, <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. I was like, what the fuck? No, but it wasn't about like kind of the whole picture and the plot. Cause I mean, like, you know, the, the amount of people who gave a flying fuck about Michael O'Keefe and his, like his journey through that movie. Gremlins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like pretty Gremlins much. In the goddamn theater. Which would make sense as they are Jim Henson. Exactly. Oh, fuck, there uh, he is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the, um, but yeah, it was like, they, they were basically getting you from one like set piece of funny to the right. next, right? It was like, it was like sketch comedy more than it was anything. <laughs> really gave that seat hell. Yeah, man. Well, he's an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's Statler and Waldorf. They're just, they're so killer. But more than anything, I find them necessary. Yes, I agree. Like if, if they weren't there, it's not like they're adding something to the story ever, but they're always, if they weren't there, I would notice very much. I'm like, whoa, like where, where's the bit where somebody's getting made fun of? Or like, what the hell? (laughs) Or like, they always make sure they're always like, uh, you know, like break the third wall. This is this show's awful. You know what I mean? Sure, like they're yeah. always, but they always show up, right? Yeah, I I think that that should be like they should have made like a horribly sad video where like Statler was dying and Waldorf was at his side, and then he was sitting. He was like, you know, we've been making fun of 
Trump will be on there soon. I know, God. I like how he's... They basically, the uh, governor of uh, South Dakota said, yeah, they, they've approached us that, like legitimately asking for that. And then he's like, oh, no, we didn't do that. And I'm like, gee, who the fuck do I believe? <laughs> yeah, but right? um, like, Everyone's mm-hmm. a liar, but Trump. Yeah, exactly. Of course he wants to be on there. If no, it, And not only does he want to be on there, he wants to be the only person on there. He wants to knock those four exactly. fruits out. And, he wants all four of his face up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. So that's another thing that, uh, that this movie uh, posits <laughs> is that frogs are notoriously difficult to murder. Yes, of course they are. We accidentally murdered one one time. <clears throat> oh my god! Uh, I don't even know. Sometimes I feel like it wasn't like yeah. I wanted him to jump in. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. When I was on the island, I had to put down a giant cricket. Oh no! It was awful. Somebody stepped on it accidentally, and then nobody would. Ma- I was like, "Come on!" Like he's in yeah. horrible. Yeah. He was like, he's not doing well. He's dying. And then yeah. I, I had to crush him. This needed to be terrible. somebody huge, in my opinion. Who is it? I don't know. He looks like Matt Frewer. Wait, let me see right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me. I'll, I'll look. That should have been Jaws. <laughs> oh, Whoa. my God. That would be amazing. It's but he shoots tridents. <laughs> That's pretty. He's amazing. hunting frogs. He's not dumb. Uh, you want to keep the meat. I want to blow all the meat apart shooting him. I guess that's true, right? Oh, yeah. I'd stop for those gams. Oh, hell yeah. I'd stop for those gams. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, Kermit's a little bit of a, gu- a glutton for punishment, though. Of course he is. We because, all are. Because, like, like, seriously, like, it's like every time he he finally kind of gets rid of her, and then this, like, all comes kind of flying back. She's madly in love with him. Why'd she leave? Because she had an offer for a role. Can't uh, get around Such that. A bitch. She's a fame whore, but I love her. Of course her. she is. Oh, man. I'm a glutton for punishment, too. Slap me around this piggy. Punch me in the fucking balls. Glutton like a piggy? Right? Am I right Ziggy here? piggy. Oh, God. I, I was just... Ziggy piggy's going to be in it in the next one. Probably not. <laughs> that would be hilarious. It'd be better if one of those guys actually worked there. But I don't oh, think Oh, right. It's like their day job. Yeah, they work at the old Ziggly Piggly or whatever it was. Yeah. Scott I Walker. missed you. Listen to her, eh? Yeah. Scott Walker played the frog killer, and it's actually his most well-known. It's the thing he's known for is this one thing. So he wasn't a high plains drifter, though. So we got that going for Women. Him. Yeah, that should have been like a Clint Eastwood or something like that, though. It should have been somebody like really gruff and like well-known. Yeah, that would have been a great one. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's a good call, actually. Yeah. Or Matt Frewer. Like Matt Frewer. <laughs> he totally looks like Matt Frewer. Yeah. He looks like the old version of like Bob, uh, Christopher Lloyd from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. He like a noir version yeah. of him, even though the movie like is essentially he a turned, noir uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! He always was. Cartoon. I just watched the uh, what the Great Outdoors. I forced uh, my Bulgarian friend to watch the Great Outdoors, which he had never seen. He loved it. And that's like uh, the same car-looking thing. All yeah. or. Uh, they only got that thing. Oh no, that's a new one. I was gonna say they only got that for like two grand. That's how much a fucking sweet Studebaker will cost you back then, right? Makes me want to go back in time and just buy a bunch of Studebakers. And you know, you should just go back and get some uh, wood paneling for the side of your vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was fucking awesome. I'll just get some like shitty laminate and just uh, like the stick on kind and just put it all around. Oh, we get the old desert scene. This always have a desert song yeah. scene. This reminds me a bit of uh, the Three Amigos. That's exactly what. It, yeah, all of the doggies are in the corral. 
There's got to be a song. A, this is actually a sweet song that, um, so David Geltz is the I knew voice. a song was coming. I can feel it. I know. David Geltz is the uh, voice of Gonzo, and he's like kind of the main singer of this, and this is actually what David Geltz sang at uh, Jim Henson's funeral. So fucking. Oh, it is? Cry your fucking eyes out. I already was. And some people sang it in Easy Being Green. I, you would think Rainbow. At... You think Rainbow Connection would make it over. It ain't, it ain't Easy Being Green. It but... ain't Easy Being Green. You sing to a dead guy. I don't Damn. know. A little, little yeah. crass. It ain't Easy Being Grayish Blue. It'll <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> be green soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. He did never promise they'd make it. That's true. Don't let that friggin. Although he Pig take advantage of, uh, he really takes the brunt of the abuse when it comes. It's like whenever there's no success, they're like, Kermit. <laughs> and so it's Mo. It, oh, here we go. It's so funny. He's and this looking is, up at his home and he doesn't even know that he's from there. I know. It, he, it really speaks though to uh, kind of something that Connor was saying too, is there's a sincerity and a vulnerability to the Muppets that you should not be able to buy into because they're fucking puppets, but you just do because they're that good at what they're doing. Like you look at him and he's fucking ridiculous <laughs> and he's singing like a sad song and you're like, Oh it's shit. Like when Ernest I'm, gets sad. I that, feel it in my very soul. That's true. Like that. Uh, Gee, I hope it's raining or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I hear you, buddy. Is he wearing a visor? Now it's kind of like a beanie uh, kind of a, it's kind of. Oh, it does look like a kind of a maybe like a poker visor kind of thing. Is he a douchebag in this movie? Is he a douchebag? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not clear. If it was an like upside down clear oh, visor, it's, it's his logo. Because remember, he was working for that plumbing company or whatever. I don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a faucet. There's one loose string. Or wait, what wouldn't that be thing? wouldn't that be amazing if you had a Gonzo faucet? You like poked the eye for hot or cold water, and then it came out his nose. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. What wow. the hell? All right. Well, I got some work to do tonight. Fuck, man. You got to muppet your house up. Yep. I can't even... Like, of course, it's a an acquired skill, but I, I can't even wrap... it form? Yeah, well, that too. But I can't, like, wrap my head around when two people are taking over one Muppet. Because, like, you can see anytime they're using their hands for, like, legit, like Fozzie just was playing the guitar, it's because one person, like, there's a person on each hand. There's a different puppeteer, and it's like... And each arm. Yeah. So, because, obviously, somebody's also working the head, right? So, one person is left arm and head and then another person's reaching up doing a reach around as it were and, <laughs> and giving you the right hand look at that chicken look at that loving her eyes i know she's just like look at that straight all these they keep because the consistency of that one strand floating around yeah well that's just always been a loose thing on him he's a loose cannon yeah it's goddamn alien I miss Muppet Babies. I know Muppet do Babies you, is back in like an animated form, but do you think that they like always knew Gonzo was from space, or was it just like later on they're like, "Hey, I think he's from space." He was. Oh, oh, do you mean like the people who made him? Yeah, like back uh, in the day where they're like, "He's from space." No, it was, they just never said no. Because well, like back in the day when they made characters, uh, like for Saturday Night Live and stuff like that, they had no rhyme or reason to what they were right, right. And so gonzo's kind of the in that ilk where it's just he is what he is and then finally i think they were like we've defined what everybody else is except gonzo and then so they started just calling him a whatever 
and lose it or whatever. Yeah. And then when they made Muppets from Space, <clears throat> they probably finally made the decision at that point. We're like, well, we need to. I, th- I think we that need def- the Muppets to go to space. Yeah. How? Yeah, I think I think just they wanted to. I don't even think they go to space. In no, the movie. it's Muppets from Space, not Muppets go to space. Um, but the uh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that and, makes more sense actually. <laughs> but it, I, I think, shouldn't have freaked out in the theater. Yeah, <laughs> last month yeah. when there was nobody there. <laughs> But the uh, he's he's sitting there. He's just kicking over. He's <laughs> kicking empty seats. Uh oh, it's a second second Kermit. This bums me out because there's something. There's a part of me that just Whoa. wishes that there was only one of each guy. Like there shouldn't be two Kermits. I know that obviously for you know very logistical reasons there should be two Kermits. But I'm just like every part of me is like no. It's like his mind. Uh-huh. No, I know, but I'm just I'm saying like Henson. Should have one Kermit. Oh, it's right. like you're using Kermit, and that is Kermit, the only Kermit. Not there should not be a spare Kermit. <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> not even for this scene. No, they're gonna fight like Superman when he fought Clark Kent in the junkyard. Oh God, Superman four, three. Was that's that it. three? Oh, that was three one. as Richard well. Pryor. Oh my God. Ah, yeah. I guess we have no choice but to do that one soon. Oh, oh. shooting star. I was looking for those the other night. Was... I just saw one right there. There's. Yeah. It's supposed to be meteor time right now. Is it? Well, this this episode don't we'll look for whenever. You know what else is look meteor? Whenever. You know what else is meteor? Doc Hopper's uh, d- deep fried frog legs. <laughs> meteor hot. Yeah. yeah. No, I just meant like meaty, like meaty, meaty or they're just meaty. They have more meat. They meaty the or no, no, not an or. What the fuck's happening here? Oh my god, the electric yeah. man just showed up. They're all in Hollywood. There's another bus I wouldn't oh, mind getting my hands on. <laughs> yeah, woo. They set so, it up. They got it all set mm-hmm. up. Okay, so you know what? I'm going back on the on the stu- on the Studebaker. Studebaker. I want that bus, the Electric Mayhem bus. And then you put the band. You get all those guys. You get uh, replicas of all those guys, and you sit in the bus like looking out the window with everybody else. They have to rock. Should be like animatronic, like at the thing. Yeah. Well, I would just blast like their songs. So the screenplay <laughs> thing comes back. They have. Uh, He's got the script still. I like. They have some good running jokes in this. They got this one. Then they got the Carol Kane myth. Myth. Myth? Yes? No, not Miss Myth. Oh, yeah. Breakfast. I'll make breakfast. You're not going to make breakfast tomorrow. Thanks, there, Dr. I T. love fucking breakfast. Me fucking too. What's your, fa- your favorite breakfast? You you go to a breakfast restaurant. What's your what's the thing you're ordering? Bacon and eggs. Bacon and eggs. Because I don't eat a lot of bacon. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a pork guy. Mm-hmm. Chicken bacon and blah blah blah. So when I go to a restaurant, I'll have bacon. But my I, I saw in the freezer there's real bacon. Yeah, I did the following thing because we just went out for breakfast uh, this weekend. Are you a French toast guy. I love French toast, but that's not. I don't you used know. to always fucking do like you'd have an egg, yeah. and you'd fucking totally ruin it because it would be like sunny side up, yeah. and then you would just dip your toast into it, and then like the whole egg would just be like a dirty, dry egg. Oh, that's fucking gross. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. So what I do is You're all grown up now. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It was just yeah, like I, it was. I think that that had a oh. lot to do with just like my the way people made eggs for me, um, but topless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, really affects you eat no, the meal. No, but I usually what I'll order is I'll order uh, bacon and eggs, over easy eggs, crispy bacon, mm. white toast, Texas toast. If, if Ooh, the option is yeah, in place. Buddy. Oh, it's gotta be somebody. It's gotta be thick and lightly toasted. Oh, Austin Pendleton, back. gas. Yeah, and um, and then good, well done home fries. And then if I'm feeling a little froggy, haha. <laughs> Yeah, I'll order a side of breakfast sausage. Ugh. I do like me some breakfast sausage. Oh, I think it's the most wretched. Oh, it is not. Fuck. 
It's always like there's those grotty pieces. I'm like, oh my god. That that is very dependent. Uh, you you can be unlucky with sausage, but I always am. Yeah. No. I only get what the finest. They say I'm lucky in sausage. Yeah. Lucky in getting sausage stuffed inside. Sausaged. It's called yeah. being sausaged. If only. It's actually when they just roll you in uh-huh. sausage skin and you act like a it's a, it's the newest thing. Yeah. In sex. It's called <laughs> being sausaged. Being sausage. They wrap you in the old intestine, and it's like, you are it. I don't think I noticed the skeleton last time. Oh! That was fantastic. That was pretty cool, actually. I wonder if that's one of those ones you can just press it, and like he'll just go back up to being, you know? <laughs> yeah. That would be wonderful. Oh, this that was- is that old lot that they used yeah. to have back there. It's animal just going, show down, show down. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. This is, like, you know, this is old. Some old... You know, they probably filmed all the old mm-hmm. westerns on here. Like, I tell you, I do like seeing back, like, just with nostalgia, I like watching back to these movies where uh, they use the lots and stuff like that because it's kind of a fun old thing to see. But I'm so taken out of a movie made now if it's, like, on a lot. Right. Because like, you know immediately. It's, like, as much I as love I... love a lot. As much as I like Batman and all that, it's, like, it's so noticeable. I love that it. it was I still love it, though. Like, on, like, the, not even, like, good, like... It it's very like <laughs> it's because the sets were built so long ago and they and they, and it shows you know what I mean like it's everything is uh ba- everything is dependent on the filmmaker to make the set look reasonable with lighting and shit right. like that and if if you don't do it perfectly it just looks like an old set I love those old westerns where it's a big yeah. painting at the back oh Some the big matte dunes, paintings you know they're yeah, at the yeah. fire I'm like fucking a I love it matte paintings are great <clears> and stuff like that but yeah it's it's a it's thing that, and a beaker. it's a thing that thing that definitely had its time you know what I mean I love uh, so John Hodgman I would have play uh, Bunsen <laughs> Honeydew if you know if you know John Hodgman he'd be the perfect guy he? for that he's a comedian he's been in a bunch of stuff he was in like the Daily Show back in the day and uh, I'm gonna just punch him up here just so you can <laughs> So, oh yeah! So this guy, I bring up a bigger picture of him. He's Doctor Buds and Honeydew in every friggin' way, isn't he? Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's my he's my guy for that. And I think I'll just get anybody on meth to be Beaker. <laughs> so I'll get like um, <laughs> get uh, uh, I'll get Seth Maybe. Green on a meth binge. He'd be like, ah. oh fuck, here they come. And he. It's got a frog murdering posse <laughs> for one frog. See, this should have been a Muppet leg heavy scene where like all the Muppets are like running across from like place to place. Heavy and you just Muppet leg. It's just so Muppet. <laughs> better get out of there. He might mm-hmm. grab your friends. They grabbed Miss Piggy before. Mm-hmm. To me, it's also just very funny that this guy is going to these lengths. Like, like, there you go. You want some legs? There we go. Oh yeah. So this always made me wonder, I'm like, do they have the puppet and they're like leading him or were there just two legs on sticks? Oh, that two legs, two legs. Oh, look at spurs. This, eh? Do I need spurs? What a man. Fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand the Heel point. Spurs. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I got some, I got bone spurs. Exactly. I can't go to Vietnam. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I already bought the billboards and everything. <laughs> that is the best part. That's <laughs> that's why he's relentless in such a way. Imagine. Uh, so that was another thing too. Actually, Jim Henson wanted this character to have like a redemption at the end, where like he like has a change of heart and everything like goes and everybody's happy kind of at the end. And Frank Oz was like, no, 
That's we're not doing that. Yeah, like what the fuck? He's like, this movie's got a bad guy. I, I think that like just Jim Henson had it in his mind of like a a real community, like everybody be friends. Like he's like, no, fuck that noise. <laughs> this guy's bad. He's gonna go down. Yeah. That's why Frank Oz did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and directed Bowfinger while we're while we're at That's it. That's right. While we're at it. Oh yeah, I forgot that he directed Bowfinger. Uh-huh. I I'm kind of convinced that Scooter's a real person. <clears throat> I don't think Scooter's a Muppet when I look at him. <laughs> oh yeah, well when you see him just signing things at Comic Con, he's totally real. Mm-hmm. No, but I was just saying, like he would, like he was standing in the background and he's like kind of like leaning over, and I'm like, that doesn't look like a puppet. That looks like a person. And standing. what about the idea of like you have a movie and yeah. all the Muppets aren't in it, but maybe you just want Gonzo to be like one of the guys in the movie? Yeah, like it's a road comedy. There's four of them, but one of them's Gonzo. There's so many. You know what I mean? Like, Muppets, what the fuck? There's so many Muppets now that could really use. A, um, a push, a good a, agent, a, a good part. No, but I like who who could get, be spot. No, could be spotlighted in a movie like this. Like even if it was all of them, none of them have to be the star. Per, or yeah, like, exactly. Or no specific one has to be the star. Like you could make a movie that's featured around Pepe. You could make a movie that's featured around. Not even Fozzie. featured around. They're just well, like instead of hiring this guy, yeah. I just want it to be Fozzie Bear. Yeah. Oh my! This is the only thing I remember from this movie. <laughs> And what's the best part about this? They said uh, uh, the filmmakers come to uh, our dear friend Jim Henson and say, so we'll take this and we'll just do, you'll just break a puppet through like a miniature of a set and then you'll just do the puppet. He's like, no, we are building a 60 foot. (laughs) So that is a practical effect coming out of a real building. That is a 60 foot tall animal that moves like that and. That is that. so awesome looking, eh? Yeah. Which I think shows, though, just in the speed that he, like, moves around and stuff like that. He's oh, definitely totally. mechanical and stuff like that. Why is he running away if he's really in oh, on Oh, he's got to pretend that he's still with him, right? He, give, we can't give him blow his cover. He's undercover, bro. Well, he he didn't pretend all that well. He was cheering. I don't understand how he got away when they were there, changed, and then got into, like, a police car, yeah. went, warned them, then got back to them without them noticing he even left. He probably just jumped out of the car. Like he wasn't even driving. That is a wonderful question. I love um, people keep talking about, I guess the Hollywood sign is always like a point of controversy in, uh, in Hollywood because they're always talking about tearing it down. And they're like, yeah, it's not, it's not a thing anymore. We don't need to like be maintaining this. And then people always fight to keep it on. And it just goes back and forth like that forever. But what, Kills me about cal- like scenes from California now. All is I that see Cloris Leachman? that is Cloris Leachman. But all I see in and ca- uh, like locales from California is stuff from uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. I see GTA Five. I'm like I've driven on that road and <laughs> stuff like that. It's it's all there. <clears throat> well, they can take the Hollywood side note. I've seen it in person. Oh hello! Holy fuck! I've hit this. I've hit the microphone so many times. times today. You know, this is just karma though, because I used to call you up for doing it so much, and now I've been the only person to do it for the last like, two years. They've like, been beaten into me. Uh-huh. Cloris Leachman is uh, just another genius, genius, genius. I love her. Brilliant in everything she's in. She was in like uh, in High Anxiety, Mel Brooks's, and he's brilliant in that. She was amazing in what was it called? Raising Hope. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And it was like, I think it was from like the makers of like My Name is Earl or whatever. It was that same kind of trashy whatever. But she was so good in that stuff. And she was really good in the, uh, I think it was the roast of William Shatner. Oh, she was she there? She was in and she just like, oh, 
No, it wasn't William Shatner. It was the roast of Bob Saget. Because she said, because she's like, I'm not here to roast Bob Saget. I'm here to fuck John Stamos. <laughs> and then she like, that's why everybody was there. Yeah. And then she Frenched him at the end. Oh my God. Like they're trying to kill this one. I'm going to cats myself. <laughs> and I get it's those lines. And what, what I compared that to is it makes me think of the Simpsons yes, when like, whenever they have those Whistle ADR. Russell? Yeah. Like, well, but when, whenever you have those ADR moments, when they have an opportunity to just say whatever, like uh, when Lisa is in her tiny like world that she created. When, right. like, the shock hit the pop, yes. and then she's like, I'm going to need shoes, and you'll just hear somebody go, she needs socks, too. I'll, I'll go get socks. <laughs> and, like, it's, like, those those lines make me laugh so much. They're not even, like, super funny. They're just so well-placed. It's like, it's like you know when you see somebody, like, hit a jab on somebody's chin, and they just go yeah. out like a light? It's like that. So here is, oh, is this probably be? the final and the greatest. Oh, here he is. Orson Welles, the star of Transformers, the movie himself. His greatest role. I just want I I want him to be known only for that. She looks like she has chest hair there. Just the, the lighting, the lighting on her, like you. it just made it look like she had some like brown chest hair in the middle of her cleave. I like cleave hair. Uh-huh. Yes, Especially yours. Oh my, mine is pretty fantastic. The cleave was kind of an accident, but the <laughs> hair is just genetic. I love uh, the, this line too. Is just so brilliantly delivered, and it's and it's. The last line you think he's going to say, too, right? Miss Tracy, prepare the standard bridge and face. No audition, just like... <laughs> like, what the fuck? You made, you made it here Rich all the way. famous contract. And also, all of them. It's not even like, I like the balls on Kermit for coming through the door. It's like, you're all here. You're all getting contracts. I think this is pretty much how uh, Casey Affleck got into the business. <laughs> it was just like Matt Damon and... Br- kid. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were there, and then it was just like, oh, okay. I don't know, uh, Kermit. How did ya? That is another. Oh, here we go. It's another pretty Lionel good effect, Richie. though, because he's you got that you've got the stool there that somebody's obviously not like underneath type thing. Oh, so it's a pretty cool effect. I think it's obviously all an illusion of some sort, but because, uh oh. Yes. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. just, well, I don't know. I have nothing else to think about. I, I, I get fixated on his eyes. They remind me very much of the, uh, the Matt Groening eyes on the frog that like hypno frog that he makes. Hypnotoad. Yeah. Oh yeah. I call them hypno, hypno frog. I apologize. Yeah. What the hell? That's like the yeah. cheap ripoff. So we don't get sued. Yes. Hypnosis frog. <laughs> Hypnotic tadpole. Oh, here they are. Oh, I can't be in a parade. I want to parade with them at it. I know. That, I feel like that would be a great, like, Disney I wish thing. my life was a Muppet movie, because I live like a Muppet. Yeah. And it's not a Muppet movie. So people are like, what's this fucking yeah. guy's problem? Like Cookie Monster. Yeah, what? like, what the fuck? I don't even know what that fucking means. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> my insatiable lust for cookies? Yeah. No, just for whatever. You do the same thing with a remote control for a TV. You're just like, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I can't chew any of it. It doesn't matter. Or I can't swallow any Take of it. Those wag- is this the movie now? What are they doing mm. in here even? Yeah. This is this is basically them making the movie of what we've already seen happen. Oh, right. With way less of a budget. Yeah. So but when they it's shot it on, all on themselves. Well, it no, it's it looks like this when you're just on set, but when it's actually being shot. It looks amazing. It looks, amazing. Right. It looks like a real car. Yeah. When they put all the all the magic into it, right? Yeah. 
See the El Slizo, the Hollywood sign. Okay, hun. They're like a couple here. I think they break up at some point. Oh, I hope that's I true. remember in one of the later ones, her saying something, some sassy comment about how they're not together anymore okay. or something. So just off the top of your head, then why would that, what would break them up? Drugs. Drugs. I was going to say, I was going to say it was her. He does drugs, yeah. but she went too far and it became like, <laughs> oh, there he is. And I, and I think if anything, it made him kind of point his own anger inward. <laughs> and he's like, you know, because, because you find out that like she was clean and he right. started her on drugs, but now she's like she OD. way over. Yeah. I lose his glasses rolling around. <laughs> Eugene Levy could play animal. You think Eugene Levy is animal? Eugene Levy. Because the eyebrows? Yeah. It's only the eyebrows. Yes. And I knew it. I was like, the fuck? Anybody Ellen, could be. Ellen DeGeneres plays Scooter. <laughs> Not right now. She's very abusive to her staff. Oh, who cares? Who isn't? Well, Kermit. You don't know. We haven't seen uh, Pretty soon there'll be a behind the scenes. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 you know. I always wonder about those kinds of things where it's like they hear about, you know, oh, abuse on the set, and then they go and talk to people about it. It's like, are you really going to get proper? Yeah. Like, do you want your job? Like, what are you supposed to say? Yeah, exactly right. About rainbows, are there? The, uh, the I don't know. Well, there's uh, somewhere uh, un, somewhere over the rainbow. Maybe they mean like, why is there so many rainbow songs in this movie? Yeah, why have we sang this song about <laughs> rainbows? So we're getting a little bit. So if you missed the whole, oh no, oh, we got another buffering. Uh, yeah. Uh Again, it's just, there's a sweetness to this, even with all like the characters that like make you laugh your face off. There, yeah, like I hope uh, Jason Segal is watching this because this yeah. is like what a Muppet movie is supposed to be. You yeah. fucking jerk! <laughs> it's supposed to be about the Muppets with cameos, not you. You star in the movie, yeah, and you have such a ridiculous ego that you make your own Muppet made after you. Yeah, and then they are I, the cameo appearances in a fucking Muppet movie. I actually, I I liked the idea of what they were going for for that manner Muppet thing, but yeah, I, the idea that a human is starring in a Muppet I know, movie is problematic. What the fuck is this shit? And it did great reviews and did great business. It really pissed me off. Yeah. See, and that was the thing. Like, I liked the Muppet stuff that was in it yes. too, but it was just like and it, it was, was like this whole side story of him and his love for Amy Adams. Yeah. Was it Amy Adams? Yeah, it was Amy Adams. She's a cutie, and not as cute as Miss Piggy. No, or Beaker, or Beaker. But no, and but I see exactly what you're saying, and it's just the um, oh it's, no, dreams over. Like, oh, it, or is it? And even if somehow he would like, if he would have made himself like the secondary oh. guy, like if it was about Walter and he was just there type right. thing. That's but it exactly, wasn't. right, exactly. But it wasn't. It was about him and Walter was there. So this is super, a, a super intensive shot to get as we're zooming out. We're going to see about every Muppet they ever made all at one time. And there's only one way to do this. There are a bunch that of people many, underneath them all. Yeah, there's like 170, I think. Wow, uh, people the underneath ones. there. Oh, there's Big Bird. <laughs> so in addition, in addition to obviously your big ones, like the guys we've already talked about there's two puppeteers who were brought in to do uh to do those guys because literally um actually i'd like to talk about this in the form of an interview so let's do that obviously i think the finale is a particularly magical thing the 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 part where the they're putting the movie together and then the set falls apart and then there's this you know i i think it's such a you wouldn't necessarily think from the way this movie is going that it was building to something that like kind of moving and spectacular uh and then that final shot we see all of the muppets 
together. It's so impressive. The gravitas of having that many puppeteers under this, like yeah. in this seven foot pit and just having, cause I mean, yeah, you look at it and it's like, Oh, it looks like something they would do on the Simpsons where they have a picture of every character. And I'm like, well, that's easy yeah. to do when you're drawing it, but when you're and mushing a bunch of people together. And I mean, the other crazy thing I think you have to keep in mind is they shot them up at show in London and they shot them up a movie in LA. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the go-to extra hands that they would have for the Muppet show are all hanging out in London because they live there. Yeah. So they had to, I think they had to reach out to like the Puppeteers of America, the LA chapter and be like, listen, we will take anybody you got. Anyone right. you got, you want to send down, we'll take them. So yeah, that was an interesting thing. They reached out to like, because like they said, this was always shot in London. So their usual gang wasn't there. So they had to bring in people. Two of the most notable people who they brought in who weren't maybe that, that notable at the time, or at least one of them, John Landis was actually hand up the ass of Grover in that big no shot. And I don't know which Muppet his hand was in, but Tim Burton was one of the puppeteers. In no that. shit. So this was That's Tim. a good piece of trivia right there, yeah. actually. So it was, I'm glad you saved it for the end. That was the best one. Well, I had to save it for the end. It happened at the end. Yeah, so uh, great. It's a good thing it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. They didn't have the shot in the beginning. Worked out beautifully. Uh, just another little p- interesting piece, too. Oh, yeah, too. of course she loves you now. You made her a movie star, right? right? So, She's going to fucking leave your ass. I know. So Paul Williams, uh, who did the music for this, I guess he came into a thing of writer's block around the time of the finale because he hadn't uh, written new lyrics or anything like that. So they were going to have uh, David O'Dell, who wrote, who like came in to do rewrites and stuff. He was going to write dummy lyrics for the songs so they could at least like they could basically go and mouth things and then they could do all the song and that kind of after the fact and i uh, then uh paul williams found out about that and he's like nobody's doing my job and he just basically power wrote the rest of the music nice that's kind of like the Joel Silver. Oh, buddy. oh he's so good. I, crashed. He was always a great laugh for me too at the end of the Muppet Show because he'd always be like the saxophone note at the very end of the uh, of the credits. Uh, uh, I uh, thought you were gonna say something. Too, no, I was gonna look. I was looking at Statler and Waldorf, thinking who would play them. I feel like it would be like that's a politician would be um, the one. And contains tobacco depictions. It did too. There was a lot of. Ooh, you can still allow that in a rated G. Yeah. Yeah. Fozzie's a chain smoker. All right, guys. Movie's done. That was a very good one. It was was a wholesome film. It was. Yeah. It's probably. It's probably (laughs) the most wholesome film we've done on here. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to kind of go back and do that. And it really makes me want to go and watch the rest of them. Oh, we will be. So we will get there. But until then, guys, this is the last commentary of this season. What? We go into our best ofs, and then we start the next season up. Oh, no shit. So we've got a couple of weeks of best of, and then we will uh, go from there. So for Todd Murray, I'm Joe Finley. Thank you as for giving us another great season of support. Uh, let's thanks one more time to Connor Ratliff and Patrick Cotner. Thank you very much, uh, gentlemen. Make sure to check out the George Lucas talk show on planet scum dot live Sundays, eight o'clock Eastern. Uh, you figure out if you're not Eastern time, you mean nothing to me. No, I'm kidding. I uh, just figure it out. You do the math mountain time minus two hours Pacific minus three. The, the whole thing. There's a central in there. I think if you live, in look Newf- it up. If you live in Newfoundland, there's like an extra half hour because they fucking hate us. Oh yeah, they uh, did that on purpose. They knew what they were doing. Oh lord, no, thunder. they didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, so make sure to go check them out. Follow them on Twitter at uh, G Lucas Talk Show and see what's going on. Just uh, recently, they had Leah Thompson and Bobby Moynihan on, and it was a fantastic episode. And you'll learn all about uh, Harrison Ford and his soft, soft hands. So go check that out, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really like chilling this down to a groove, <laughs> like a smooth like, jazz. Oh, yeah, coming up next. Mm. Coming up next on In Your Ear Holes. All right, guys, that is it for this week. We will see you next time. This has been Miscast Commentary with your hosts, Joe Finley and Todd Murray. Executive producer, Joe Finley. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Visit www.miscastcommentary.com for all news related to the podcast. Miscast Commentary is a Miscast Media Production. 